All right, hi everyone. Welcome to episode nine of Photography Chat. Um, just gonna get Dave in here, and then we can get going. Uh, hope everyone's been having a good week. Um, oh, here we go. He's already in. We're going live with Dave. working there he is hey how's it going what's up dog this is what's up i love them dude i just did my laundry where is it here i haven't i haven't finished putting my clothes away yet because i'm a terrible adult oh nice have you have you read the book yes i love the book i like the book a lot more I, I love the book. Um, I was, like, such a nerd about that shit when I was a kid that, like, I drew, like, I, I made drawings of, like, the, what I thought the computer consoles and shit would look like and stuff. It was, like, yeah, nerd. Um, can you hear me all right? A, yeah, yeah, you sound terrific. Can can you hear me oh, all okay, right? Cool. Yeah, I got my, my headphones on and everything. I'm on a, a busy street here, though, so it's... uh. Got them as loud as they oh, go, he, but yeah. Oh, there you go. You're back. Oh, did I cut out? Yeah, you cut out for a moment when you were touching the thing. Damn, we got so many people joining in here. I forgot to wave at everyone. Um, yeah, how are things in uh, in NorCal? Today, oh, it's kind of a bummer. Did you freeze? Um, it decreased a little bit, so oh, there's sorry. not I ash. Missed that. Uh, is my, it, it may be my Yeah. You cut out for a moment and then you came back. Oh, he's gone. So lonely now. Hi, Daniel. Hi, everybody. Hi, Chris. Hi, David. Hi, Brian. Hi, Pete. Alexis. Hello. Um, having some technical difficulties um, while we're waiting. Here's a crappy Polaroid I took today while testing other crappy Polaroids. Um, here's another one. This one is funky. For some reason, it looked like there was one of those mirror things that Daniel created inside of the camera. I don't know why it did that, but... Um, that camera won't get used on the workshop this weekend. And this is disappointing because the flash didn't fire on that camera. So that was annoying. Um, and that's like a, a Polaroid of my film fridge. Because why not waste film? Hi, Doug. I really hope the border opens up soon so I can drive down to Chicago and um, learn the arts of tintype from you. I'd also love to have you on one of these photography chats one of these days. So um, good to see you, Doug. Um, hello, Barb. Hello, Samantha. Hey, Samantha. This is the fridge. That's it's still kicking. The fridge is still doing good. Thank you so much for the fridge. Yeah, it did look like a mirror tube. That's wild, and I appreciate you popping on for a minute there, Daniel. It's it's good to uh, it's good to see you even momentarily there. Um, Hopefully we get Dave back here soon. He said he was having some connection issues. Um, there he is. He's back. Let's get him on the thing. Hi, Kenzie. It's good to see you. Um, well, he did a wave thing. Where is he? <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that you like my film fridge. Um, let's see if we can get Dave back in the mix here. It's always good to see Janet. It's always ha like I always love having all you guys on here. I really appreciate the support. Um, you know, so lonely without without Dave on the thing. Here we go. He's back. All right. Let's see if we can get him to connect here. He's back. All right. I don't know if it's going to. I hope. Oh, is he? 
Is my internet not working? It it kind of works, and then it kind of does. Yeah, that's oh, it did for a minute, and then you know you'd think in in like near the Bay Area, you would have all sorts of great interneting all around. Uh, there. well, but uh, is it working now? I switched it off my Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's working now. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think the Bay Area is a broad term. Okay, fair enough. It's it's like saying, "Oh, I'm from Canada." Well, but Back, you're I mean, pretty close, right? Canada is a very big like. So I, I've had yeah, people be like, "Yeah, but but I, I guess yeah. my point is is like people will be like, I'm from the Bay Area, but they're from San Jose." And that's like that's like three and a half hours from where I'm at. And if I'm still Bay Area, that's pretty big. That's so fair. I'm, I'm I'm like rural enough to where like AT and T doesn't exist here. Well, does AT and T even exist outside of people's minds anymore? <laughs> well, AT and T is like a thing. Like they, there's certain areas, and just my little area is not wired for AT and T. It's it's funny with the Canada thing though. I've had people when I lived in in British Columbia being like, "Yo, I'm gonna be in Toronto for work. You want to meet up for dinner?" And I'm like, "You know the distance between like Seattle and New York?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "That's the difference between Toronto and Vancouver." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't realize Canada was that big. It's like, yeah, it it's pretty big. It, it's big. I'm looking at all kinds of stuff right now just to dive right into photography. Like one of the things is I want to buy all the raw chemistry to make all my own uh, chemicals. Like so C41, my own C41 soup, my own black and white stuff. I want to make it from raw chemicals. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of dealing with buying things from like Kodak or for, I just want to do it myself. You're just uh, you're just researching all of the things to do that yourself and start start developing that. Mm-hmm. That's and I, I'll I'll have a, a interview that I'm doing um, next week uh, with this guy Nick, who's really knowledgeable in in all kinds of like the the black and white side of chemistry, but you know like really what the different chemicals are doing behind a developer like D76 and he actually got me going back on D76 and looking into making my own D76 from home instead of buying the Kodak powders oh shit yeah that's freaking awesome man so that'll be that'll be an interesting thing i'm all tired I, last night i woke up at like 2 in the morning and was like but I was awake, so I read a bunch of Jurassic Park, and then now I'm here. What's well, a fantastic book, like Michael Crichton? It's so here. good. It's so good. You can't put it down. So if anybody out there, if you've only seen the movie, you're you really need to read the book. Brian was asking, is that Nick from Rochester that is the one that's talking to you about the chemicals? I don't know if he's from Rochester. Hmm. I'm really bad with with areas. That's fair. He, he's either from Thailand, Antarctica, Canada, America, or South America. That's but he's not pretty... from he's not from Europe, though I know that. That's a pretty broad scope of places where someone can be from. Well, it's like my my fa my favorite saying. It's like it's one or twelve. That's fair. Like one or that's 12. the type of accuracy I wanted. I'm I'm working with here. Oh, Barb, I, I didn't actually drive to Boston when I went on that trip. Um, I, I flew. I thought about driving to Boston, but I'm glad I didn't because the traffic is terrible in, in Boston. So. Nick from Rochester. I, I'll have to figure out where he's from. So is that um, like for your own practice or is that for, for the lab that you are also running to be making your own chemical stuff? Uh, for the lab. Right. Yeah, just because I'm tired of dealing with uh, buying kits of chemicals, I should be making my own. And I'm getting really into doing all my C41 with the separate bleach and fixer instead of Blix. Oh. And so with that, uh, you're limited in terms of the kits that you can buy for it. And sometimes they're not available and stuff, so it's the the best thing to do, in my opinion, would be to mix your own and mix it one shot 
um, if you can for like the C41 stuff and just do these like little batches of it. So what? Or maybe what? not one shot, but maybe do like only a week's worth of developer or something and do these little batches of it instead of, I don't need five liters at a time. Yeah. So why, like, I've never processed color before. I've only done black and white, but why would you want to separate the, the bleach and the fixer? Uh, it affects the sharpness and the smoothness of the negatives. Okay. Yeah, you're saying Nick B works at the Eastman Museum. Yeah. He makes his own that, black that's, and white. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, cool. Uh, well, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I didn't want to butcher it, so I just didn't even say anything. <laughs> that's fair. Everyone butchers my last name. That's why I just go by Merlin. It's yeah, there you go. I don't even uh, really know. They have you been out and shot any photos? Um, to, not today. I didn't really leave the house today. Um, I I did shoot a bit earlier this week, um, but we're heading towards like another lockdown in Toronto, possibly. Like our numbers are going up and things are getting a little sketchy. So it's like trying to minimize my going out which is kind of ironic because i have my my instant film workshop coming up saturday um which i was supposed to do in march and it got canceled because um everything got canceled um and then they asked me you know as things were opening up again would you be interested in doing it in early october and i was like sure thing as long as like covid doesn't cancel it again <laughs> and like I'm surprised anything opened up as quick as it did. Well, I mean, and the that pe economy. people are the people are out too, like in in large capacities. But you know what? I don't, I don't know how I feel about all that. I don't know how I feel about all of it either. Like we're being as safe as we possibly can for the workshop. Like it's going to be outdoors. Everyone has to wear masks. Everyone has to wear gloves. Everyone's getting their own um, Polaroid camera to use. Polaroid was nice enough to loan me a couple of these cool one steps. I've never actually seen the white one. I have the the black one. Uh, yeah, the white the white's kind of cool. Um, but everyone's gonna get I their feel own like... camera. I feel like uh, everything's just going to spike the same way that all illnesses spike because this thing's not going away. I no, this is our world now. Yeah, it's our world now. It's like yeah. the flu. The flu never went away. We no. just have the flu every year. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, hope, hopefully. It was a bad COVID season this year. <laughs> that, I think that's like a gross fucking understatement. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i mean if you listen to the debate um everything's fine everything's good it's you know it's, everything is terrific tremendous yeah. tremendous um yeah i haven't been shooting as much as i'd like to sadly how about yourself you've been getting much shooting in yeah i uh, shot something for the workshop i did that that uh I did Policon and I I didn't have any film and I didn't have any money to get any film and so I like looked through all my film holders and I had four of them that had Instax film in it so I utilized that for the workshop nice. so I shot I shot a few photos of like a stuffed animal playing a ukulele and that like was it. yeah that's that's what I've shot I loaded sheets of film though and I want to go out and shoot but it's like if it's raining ash and stuff, I'm just not motivated to go out and shoot. And I shot in the fires one year, and it was bad. Like, I didn't... I have asthma, and so my body just was not, like, into it. Yeah, that's... I, I, we would have... Oh, I remember dealing with the fires um, back when I lived in BC, and it's never, it's never fun. Um, it's cool though because it's making me go through like my photographs and see what's like most important to me and I think like uh, I wouldn't want to grab hard drives as much as I'd want to grab like a photo album that's fair yeah like in my go bag for the house like you know like I think everybody should have a bag that if you were just going to grab one bag you'd grab that bag uh, you should have a photo album with like your 30 favorite photos ever in there 
Yeah, because um, if you were to lose everything, then, you know, it doesn't matter if you have seven backups. If they're all at your house, then everything's lost. That's true, yeah. Hopefully you have it in the cloud, maybe. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and like, to, to further all of that, like, I'll put, I have a hard drive in my go bag. So it yeah. does have, like, a lot of my files on it, but it's not everything. That's true, yeah. Uh, Doug said that he does have a guy who is a wizard at chemistry if you want, so make sure to message Doug if you have questions on that. Um, yeah, Doug Hanson Art, he's a fantastic insight photographer out of Chicago. Um, oh, hey, talk to about C41 chemistry? Yeah, I believe so. Sweet. Um, Barb asked, what camera goes in the go bag? What camera goes in my go bag? I don't, I only have one camera now. Uh, so I'm shooting my speed graphic. Oh, crazy. That's... I mean, I have an Instax 210, but it, that to me doesn't count as a camera. It's a processing unit. So I process the Instax that I shoot with my four x five camera using that camera. And every once in a while, I'll shoot a picture of something random that's happening. And I'll use the camera itself, the 210. Okay. But most of the time, it's just a processing unit for shooting Instax with a 4x5 camera. Right. I have I have other cameras, but most of them don't work by this point. Um, yeah, I've gotten out of shooting so many of the different cameras, and I just want to shoot one. That's fair. That's a great and camera. I'm debating selling uh, one of the lenses for my 4x5 because I have a 125mm and a 300mm. Yeah. And the 300 is it's a great lens and I've shot some photos that are like legit like my favorite photos like ever that I've shot but I just I never I never use it it just sits there I only want to pull it out like when I need it yeah is that the Lomo graph locks is that what I'm talking about I'm actually against the new Lomography uh instax thing that they're doing Okay, so because, this is curious. I, I want to hear why you're against it because, like, almost every live I've done the last couple of weeks, everyone asks about it. So I want I want to hear your like your thoughts. Uh, because the film plane is different than than where the four x five film sits. Oh. The reason a four o five back is cool or anything like that is because it kept the film plane the same. So whatever I shot with my sheet film would be the same thing. So that's why I have an issue with it. I don't want to compose and do things on a separate ground glass. I want to just slide things into my camera and just keep shooting off the same ground glass and just have crop marks in my ground glass. And so I'd rather just shoot it one shot uh, in my film holders and always have an Instax camera with me. Why would I have a thing that's the same size as an Instax camera with me that doesn't shoot photos? It legitimately only processes photos. Huh. And potentially like... also on top of carrying that, having to carry a ground glass thing that goes, and then out in the field, take my ground glass off, put the other ground glass on, many people will be like, oh, it's not a big deal. I want to carry a small bag. See, I didn't realize that was the thing with it, that it was on a different film plane. Because, like, I was curious about it because I was thinking of using it with my super graphic, which is a rangefinder, and just, you know, basically turning it into, like, the... You, that, that's the cool thing. You could convert a camera to and change where its rangefinder range is calibrated to or something like that in order to... Like, makeshift a camera with it. Like, so it opens up the ability to be able to make your own camera because of it existing just in the form it is. Like, you could take a Graflex SLR, probably, and, well, you might not be able to because you might not be able to move the mirror enough, but if you yeah. were able to move the mirror and move the ground glass... Yeah, that's kind of a bummer on that. Uh... No, I don't think that there is a ground glass attached to the Lomo back. I think what's what's going on is that the Lomo back probably comes with like a plasticky looking thing that you slide into the graph lock back and lock it into place, and that's your focus for the. Uh, and it probably is cool in the sense that it gives you exact cropping, but you know, I'm just not interested in that.
to see how I'm, cand I'm on candid camera. It has right. a spacer that moves the glass. Worst part of it. Yeah, it's it's a silly thing. I mean, it's cool. Like, that's great. But why can't Lomography just listen to one message from me about how the most important thing in making something like this is keeping the film plane the same? Yeah, it's weird that they would have changed the film plane. It's just due to the, the mechanisms of how uh, integral film works. Oh. I think due to how to, it has to eject, there has to be some kind of roller wheels or something that move it out of the way. Hmm. That move it to where it can't sit at that, that film plane. Yeah, because yeah. it's going to have to sit back a little bit. Yeah. So I think that's what's going on with that. Uh, yeah, so it's just one of those things that doesn't excite me that much for that reason. That's fair. Well, I mean, you're the first person that has not been excited about it. So, I mean, that in itself I find kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what about the camera dactyl cameras? Does the Instax back work on them? I'm going to have to rewatch your Policon workshop. Um, yeah, so the camera dactyl cameras, the Instax back will work on any 4x5 camera probably that has like a graph lock system. But the issue for me being is that I don't want to have to remove my ground glass in order to do it. I just don't think that that's, I don't know, there's something about that that doesn't work for me. I don't know how close I have to be for this thing to actually focus right. So I'm just wasting film right now. <laughs> So we got we got a good crowd tonight. You know, does anyone have questions for Dave about like you know shooting with yeah, large format? I, I need I need topics. Talk or... talk to me. I'm tired here. Let's yeah. let's, let's get some questions. Yeah, is... You want some brutal honesty? Let's let's cut it. Let's do it. <laughs> Just don't make me cry again. I can't. I can't. Don't make you cry. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna make you cry. It's all it's it's lighthearted. Well, but, not, not but, but 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 I mean, you know, I'll, I'll rip lumography apart a little bit in regards to something like that, or you know. That's fair. I mean, if we want to like rip people new ones, we could always like default. I think Cinestill's coming out with four by five. What? Okay, that's. I, I, I like... got to message them again because they, they've, shooed me off so many times. But I I really want to get my hands on a box. So, if they could send me a box. I know I'm asking for a lot to send it for free, but if they could send me a box, I would give them some content to post and be like, hey, check out what you can do with Cinestill. Because I want to take it out for Star Trails, and I want to do some, some other things with it. That looks so good. It would be fun. I miss shooting things with that, with like a flash or with different lighting and stuff, because when you're dealing with tungsten film, you get a lot more options in terms of things you can do, especially in like a sunset style shoot. Okay. Yeah, I've never really mucked around with uh, with the Cinestill beyond that. Um, I mean, I've really liked shooting it in medium format. And... That's what I've mostly shot it in. Okay. I've shown a lot of like the 35 mil, and it was before Ilford started doing their packaging, I kind of hated it because... Um, I had a lot of problems like getting it to work right. Tell me if I my my reception goes away. I'm going I'm going into the garage. Oh my back hurts. Yeah, Zane, you got to get into four by five. And Jen, I'm sure those jeans make you look wonderful. Yeah, four by five is something that uh, I think a lot of people would benefit from from doing. That I do, Paul. I do have several SX70s. Um, yeah, I love I love SX70s. They're in the other room right now. Um, they're great cameras, and a bunch of SX70s oh, are on their way to Zane shortly. And uh, you know, if, if Zane wants to, um, if Zane wants to go um, four by five, maybe we could talk about that because I do have an extra four by five. So we can. We can I talk. can't. I can't finagle my tripod here. You can't finagle your tripod. No, I'm struggling. Life's not treating me well at the very moment.
Alright, well that's something. I'm in here. Alright, cool. Can you still hear me? Yeah, yeah. You're looking good. Alright, cool. You know why you can still hear me? Is because I'm not using the damn internet here. My internet sucks. If anybody from Comcast would happen to be in the live here, which I doubt, y'all can go fuck yourself because Comcast, like, they're like, oh, you just need another router, and then I get another router, and it doesn't do shit. No, how about your internet sucks? <laughs> That's fair. Uh, what kind of camera do you want to shoot iType in, Janet? Because, like, it's pretty easy to shoot iType, not an iType camera. You just throw it in a dark bag. Um, yeah, usually do because like all of the new cool stuff that's coming out. Um, I, I keep my old 600 um, battery cartridges, and um, I just take the iType film in a dark bag out and put it into the 600 cartridge, and uh, that's been working pretty good so far. So, and you can get right like back. a couple of you can get a couple of refills um, out of those. Um, out of those batteries, like they lasted a decent chunk of time. Yeah. I wish I, wish I could shoot this camera. I wish this one still worked. I've had it serviced a number of times, but it just doesn't doesn't do it. It's like a Kodak Retina. Oh, those are cool. The yeah, the Retinas. Those are neat. This was my grandfather's. I have a few cameras that I just don't shoot. Um, I maybe have like 20 cameras. Oh, that's fair. Uh, but I only have one that I'm ever going to like take out and shoot, and it's my speed graphic. Um, this lens is the one I'm considering selling. It's a 300 millimeter lens. That's a nice looking lens. Um, I was just going to say, for the people that are curious about reloading 600, so hang on to your 600 cartridges. And, like, when you're going to load it, the trick I found that works really good in the dark bag is, like, you feel for these these parts here, like, for the springs, when you have it inside the dark bag, push those down when you have it in there. And then when you take the first slide or the, the first frame, you can kind of get it in there. And um, it takes a bit of practice, but once you get the first one in, it's easier to load the rest of them. Um, so you get that guy in. It's sometimes a little sticky at the top here. Um, so if you just kind of push down on the top as you're feeding it in, then once you have that first frame in, you can kind of push gently on the front of the first frame. You don't want to push too far because you don't want to burst the pod, but you can push down on the front of that one to feed the other um, seven frames in. And then on the dark slide, there's usually like a little black tab on the one corner. Um, I always pull those tabs off because they get stuck. So on, on the top corner of the thing, there's usually like a little black tab. I just peel them off. Um, but what is, it's kind of like when you're shooting or loading four by five, this tab helps because this tab goes onto this side of the cartridge because that's what gets caught by the pick so that it shoots out the dark slide. So you always want to make sure when you're reloading to put this side with the tab in onto the left side of the, the cartridge. Um, yeah, and that's how you can I think that's a hard thing for some people to conceptualize, working in the dark like that. Yeah, it's, it's really awkward. And what I would say is practice just Take, take like a couple of pictures you've already shot that you don't really feel great about if you scratch them up fucking around with this. Um, but take a few of them and just practice loading them into the, the cartridge and then loading the dark slide in. And um, yeah, once you've done that a few times, it gets a little easier. But the dark bag is frustrating as hell. It's like my least favorite fucking Yeah, thing. this is what happens when you, when you pop them. Yeah, you don't want to pop them. Yeah. Pop. Um, and yeah, uh, <clears throat> Impossible is basically Polaroid now. Like, all they've done is change the brand name a few times. So like, Polaroid Originals is still Impossible, and Polaroid is still basically Impossible. Um, it's still they're still basically a startup. Yeah, it is like loading four by five. Again. So yeah, mess and around. That's how you load it. <laughs> like that.
and then you put it into the camera, <laughs> and then you. Well, you so, I don't think you could load ten at a time because the thing that's unfortunate is there is an actual huge thickness difference. Oh, my air compressor turned on. There's all kinds of willy nilly over here. There's a there is a really big difference in the film thickness between um, the Polaroid originals and Impossible stuff than there is with the um, with the old stuff. So this is like some original original Polaroid, and it's super flimsy and like a lot thinner than the the new. You can't really see on the thing, but loaded in like this by bending the, it. Tell the difference. So that's why there's only eight shots inside of the new cartridges versus um the old cartridges because the thickness it's the mylar sheet from what it's good to go man. there you go it's beautiful go. um yeah so it, yeah once you start getting to like the seventh or eighth frame when you're reloading it does get a little tight and it is a little frustrating to kind of shove it in there that sounds terrible but you know just go to a medium pace and you'll be fine. So is anyone sniffing, have, like sniffing glue? Yeah, sniffing glue is fun. What was your favorite glue to sniff when you were a child? I don't think I ever really sniffed glue, but I liked drinking Listerine. Ooh, I never drank Listerine, but I did get in trouble when I was like six for sniffing gas with my friend. We didn't know what the is thing. Gas, gas smells sweet and yummy, though. It smells like it you want to drink so it. It smells so good, right? Until you siphon some gas, and then you're like, then it's this no, does yeah, not it, taste good. It does not taste as good as it does it smells. not taste as good as it smells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you, it's like when you have too much peppermint, peppermint schnapps, and then you just can't have peppermint things anymore. <laughs> Ooh, rubber cement. Brian, Brian goes, like, straight to the good stuff. Rubber cement. <laughs> Elmer's. <laughs> Ooh, Elmer's is a good one. Too. Ether. Ether. Well, I mean, Doug just goes for the gold. You know, one of the things that's hard to, to source is formaldehyde. I've never smelled formaldehyde. Oh, that's a lie. It's, well, it's hard, to, it's hard to just source it. Why is it hard to source, I wonder? I don't know. It's been hard for me to source. Like, huh. locally, to just, like, go buy formaldehyde. One of my favorite, oh, I don't have it right now. Sharpie released this like industrial Sharpie recently that has like such a, it's like an old school marker smell where it's just like they went with the, the toxic version. Old, in it. old spice marker. Yeah. It's like the old spice marker. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> that kind of diverted away from photography a little bit there. Let's talk about getting a little bit. Lint. Um, talk <laughs> about what? Um, I can't eat anything with vinegar anymore because of chemical smell. Oh, that's shitty. I'm sorry. I can't eat so many different things that every day I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I have to eat food today. Damn. <laughs> mm, fixer, though. Yeah, fixer, you know, it smells like it tastes good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Most of the chemicals that I use in the darkroom I've put on my finger and tasted. Well, I mean, how how else do you... They always did it in... You know what made me want to do that? And and this is a terrible source for, for, hey, I'm going to do this in my life. But is uh, in crime scene things, they'd like touch the thing with their finger and then lick it and be like, yeah, it's this. Or be like, oh, don't, don't, don't have that. Or whatever, you yeah. know? And so that made me want to take all the chemicals I ever use and taste them. Well, I mean, you're still here, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I haven't died yet. Yeah, I mean, well, we all die eventually, but, you know, hopefully yeah. from... I don't know... Fixer smells like cat pee. It's way different than cat pee for me, but I have a cat, and my cat's pee smells bad, so... Uh, Cali Blop? Kale Blop? Sorry if I'm pronouncing your thing wrong. Um, what Experience is... def developing with coffee. Yeah. I've used caffeinol before. You can use it, but use rapid fixer. Use an actual fixer. Okay. Uh, unless you can get like the chemical compounds to make fixer. If you have those at your home, then go ahead and make your own fixer. But what I would suggest more so is to go ahead and use the caffeinol recipe you find online. It, it's cool and it's a fun thing to do, but use Ilford rapid fixer. This is more 
of a thing to to use if you didn't have developer. It's not really one of those things. It's like a, a substitute for fixer existing in the mix. You know, you can't just like. It's not like you're gonna then just pour orange juice after in afterwards and be like, hey, "That's my fixer." Uh, you still need like an actual fixer. That sounds like some solid advice. Thank you <laughs> for the uh, for the question. Um, I love questions. I love questions. questions. Let's have more questions. Who has more questions? Take off my glasses and read the questions. Yeah, there we go. It's like, you know, the stranger yeah. questions. Have I ever done an opposite 360 on my bike? I haven't. Yeah. Oh, shit. Wait. No, actually, it says maybe my cat just drank too much Fixer. Okay, gotcha. Maybe your cat shouldn't drink Fixer. Um, have you tried developing an OJ? Orange juice? I don't know if you can do that, but I will state this, that the thing that made me curious about that was on Mythbusters. They gave them some film that had the instructions for what they were supposed to do in a task. It was like a scavenger type of task thing, a scavenger hunt task or something. And uh, they didn't successfully develop the film, but all that they gave them was like orange juice and a few different things that they were going to be able to develop the film with. Because you, de you could develop the film and then look at it and have like a, a negative that's not chemically sound, you know? Okay. I don't um, think you could, I mean, if you poured it, pulled it out before the fixer, you'd need some kind of fixing agent. Yeah. Cactus killer. Uh, Dave's film lab is going good to answer that. Thank uh, you for that question, Jen. Yeah. And Cactus killer asking what your film soup experiences are. Film soup experiences? Like soup and snakes? Um, I guess like, I've been hearing about people doing it where they like pre-soak the film in some sort of like soup or something. A friend of mine that I was hanging out with was talking about like soup. some weird hipster guy that's like, I soak this in like my own urine and like other. Yeah, things. that's silly. Um, right? Don't do, don't do that. Uh, yeah, I pre-soak all my film in water. That's the proper temperature, and I typically will do if it's. E6 or C41, I'll do two baths before, uh, pre-soak before developing, yeah. But no, soup... But film soup is something, like, that's done to the film before you shoot it, I think. Yeah, that's silly. Yes. I mean, it's... It, I'd be like, hey, Dave's an asshole. But uh, because I called it silly, you know, but for my own film i'm not gonna pee on it or anything before i shoot it <laughs> yeah i think that's... it's experimental and i'll agree with that there and so i'm being a i'm being a jerk kind of in saying that but uh yeah i think that that's so silly in the sense that it's unpredictable how could you ever like really have consistency in how you did that i mean i guess you probably could have consistency somehow but and i'm just being a jerk people will put it in OJ or wine for certain Lomo effects. Yeah, I think that that's that's. I think that that's silly, but you know. Yeah, I don't like. I've I've heard about that, but like, if I want like janky film, I'll just look for some weird expired shit and cross my fingers with that. I just don't. I don't want janky film. So that's maybe my end goal is like good looking images. So that's why I'm not into that. Yeah, I soaking kind of like, in soda, cleaning chemicals, different liquids. Yeah, I just soak I, it in soak it in bile, soak it in all kinds of stuff. I bought a I just it just seems silly to me. Yeah, I I kind of agree with you on that. Like I mean it's I've seen some results that look neat and all that and like, you know, all those like the Revlog films and the Dubal films and all that stuff's like really popular with with folks, but I, I personally do There's that. a difference between pre-exposing film, though, and and uh, exposing it to liquid. Sorry, I like Doug's comment, Tide Pods. <laughs> Tide Pods, yeah. But check this. A customer recently gave me a roll of medium format film that they had accidentally dumped out an entire thing of hand sanitizer on, and I suspected that the hand sanitizer would evaporate. It's mostly alcohol-based, you know? 
Wait, uh, um, the, the Great Divide says old English malt liquor gangster shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, only sure. if, only if you're shooting in South Central, right? I my whole thing is consistency. That's why I don't shoot thirty, you know, different film stocks. There's probably not even thirty available at this point, but there may be. Uh, so I don't shoot a bunch of different film stocks. I only shoot a few because I want to know exactly what I'm going to get. So that's a good question. What is your favorite film stock color in black and white that you like to shoot with? FP4 and Portra 160 or Cinestill, uh, anything tungsten. That's fair. I do love the Cinestill 800 a lot. I got a lot of love for that stuff. It's okay in medium format. Uh, my results in 35 millimeter have been kind of bad, it's, but I've, I I want to see it in four by five. It has I, great I, tonality. Yeah, I I would love to see that in four by five actually like that. You got me excited about that shit because. Yeah, that that will be exciting. And FP4 is I I do like FP4 a lot. FP4 is just a gorgeous film. It just looks beautiful. Uh, every time I shoot it, I'm just really happy with it. I, I do have to say my favorite black and white though was the one that I shot you in at Policon Barrier was the uh, the Eastman Double X. Oh uh, yeah, that's a great film. Yeah, like those those shots that I took of you two, I I love how those ones turned out. Those were so. FP4 just yields these negatives that are just beautiful, and I just I can't shoot anything else at, really at this point. HP5 is okay, you know. When that shot that you took of me in Denton was that FP4? Mm-hmm. Man, I that dude, that's still like one of my all-time favorite pictures anyone's ever taken of me. I I'm glad you like it. I love it. I think you think what makes photos uh, uh you know i'll get a number of people who'll be like oh i love that photo that that you took and i think that the thing behind that is they loved the experience maybe the photo was good because you felt good and you were enjoying the experience of course yeah. probably but it's a it's an experience that you provide as a photographer i think more than like hey you look cool let me shoot a photo yeah it, it, it can't, it's got to be more than that. And that's why, like, I don't like the idea of charging for portraits. Like, I don't charge for portraits anymore. I charge for prints. I don't want to make a photo transactional. I don't like the idea of shooting your portrait and being like, yeah, 60 bucks. I mean, I might charge if I got to drive out and stuff if they're not coming to me. Yeah. Um, or if they are specifically commissioning something like you know that's super odd and specific, and I need a certain type of film and I need a certain amount of shots. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a hard thing making uh, a portrait transactional. I, On burger I, film. Go ahead. I sorry. I, I was just say like I, yeah. I like I like your stance on that, and I do agree. Like I think it definitely was part of the experience. Um, but also it's, it's a fucking fantastic photo and like, dude, a lot of your portraits are just like brilliant. Like, I think you are definitely like, especially the black and white stuff, you're like the master of the black and white portraits and then uh, jp.wtf. I love the color portraits he does. Uh, he, his color work is excellent. Yeah, his color. So it's like I feel like that both of you are like the yin and yang of like portraits there with the color and the black and white. Like yeah. that's him right there. Damn, that's so yeah. cool. You have a portrait of him. <laughs> He's come up here a few times. He bought my Super D. Damn. Okay. Well, yeah, at least he took it home. Yeah. 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 He's got a excellent color work, and he lives, you know, down in the city, so he's able to get out and shoot more portraits, I think, than myself. Um, I, nobody lives out here. Yeah, you kind of... And, like, people will be like, yeah, I'm coming to the Bay Area. And I'm like, cool, you're probably not coming to Santa Rosa. Well, <laughs> one day I'll come out to Santa Rosa. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's becoming a little bit of a bigger area, but it's, you know, I live in the middle of nowhere. I don't say that in a bad way, really, but I just say it, like, realistically, like I live... In the middle of nowhere. Kind of out there, yeah. Um, have you played with Berger film before? I don't, I'm not familiar. 
Um, I've shot a roll of it, and I liked it. It was okay. It what is it? it? It's a black and white film. Is it in 4x5? Uh, they do make 4x5, yeah. So you okay. Can, you can buy 4x5 of it. I shot 30. And is it high speed or slow speed? Uh, I think it's 400. Let me let me look up on the internet here. What's uh, on the interwebs? Yeah, let me just get up on the Googles. And, um... Oh, yeah. uh, did I spell it right? Not Marco Burger Films. Let's try that. Yeah, it's a panchromatic 400 black and white. Panchromatic. And it comes... In... I want more orthochromatic films. Do I want I... to be able to, like, inspection develop things. I love orthochromatic. Like, the Ilford, um, the Ilford 80 stuff, man... Every time it, I shoot it, can like, you can you develop that stuff under a safe light? Yes. Yeah, see, that's intriguing to me, and I'm I'm interested in in dip and dunk. I, I think I want to move all my large format to dip and dunk processing here. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, because the the orthochromatic is not red sensitive, so you can handle it under the red light. No that's problem. pretty cool. Yeah, Doug says just do wet plate. Just do wet plate. I, I'm not interested in wet plate for this reason. Uh, at some point in time, film emulsions may no longer exist or be in production, but I'll probably always be able to make my own plates. So I'll coat my own plates when film doesn't exist anymore. That's fair. Well, when you want to go there, Doug's the guy to go see to, to learn. I that. appreciate that. And, like, the, the, I, I mean, I hate to sound conceited, but tintypes don't, maybe because I've been around them a bunch of times, they don't seem that complicated. Aside from, I'm not saying they're not difficult, um, but in terms of understanding what's going on, I think it would just be a, a practice thing. I'd have to practice a lot to get good at it. The same way everybody who does tintypes, I'm sure, had to practice to get good at it. Yeah. It does look like a bit but of But for some people, I think it's like a mysterious thing, like how it's happening, and like the chemistry behind it is not. And it just is fascinating. What's up, Eddie? And that's it, Kelly, Kelly Bluff here says, that's why the next level of photographer is a chemist. Yep. Yeah. True. Well, jokes on everyone. I'm not actually a photographer. I, I like being I'm not, a, And I'm not a chemist. I'm barely a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I own a camera. Does that make me a photographer? Uh, it makes you a Dave that owns a camera. I'm I'm somebody who owns a camera. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I've got my camera right here because I, I packed it away because in case we have to leave during a fire, I want to grab it. That's fair. You want to hang on to that. Let's let's see here. Hello, camera. Such a big lens. Yeah, it's like next to my head. It's pretty big, especially with the hood on it. That's a huge hood. Is that a 3D printed hood? No, this is a, a bit of plastic piping from Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the things that I love about you, man. All the DIY shit that you do, It's the, that's one of the things I've really appreciated as we've become friends and like, you know... You'll you'll give me a call or you'll message me and yeah, you know, you're hacking apart a uh, land camera at one point to do like a uh, medium format. Yeah, and I I still I I just need to get the back for it. It's all ready to go. I just too much stuff is going on and like COVID really broke my spirits a little bit. I think if I could be, if I could be honest today, I mean I'm sure I'm not speaking alone. Yeah, that's an Arctar. I'm not. Um, I'm not speaking alone here. I know that there's a lot of other people who are struggling too, but like, yeah, this is, it's been a bummer. I feel like that's a, a pretty large understatement. Yeah. It's been, it's been something. Um, yeah. But I was really glad that I got to see you in February. That was nice. Yeah. How, how bizarre that, you know, probably one of the last trips that anybody that was there really took. Well, and that was the thing, like, so, so Brian and Mary and I shared a, a room at the hostel 
and we were all talking the first night kind of being like we all had the thought that we probably shouldn't have taken the trip and that it seemed like a really like reckless idea but then we were like fuck it like this could be the last trip we end up taking and then it was like the last trip we ended up taking <laughs> before the world ended. i could have never anticipated that all of this would have turned into what it did dude no yeah same like it just you know when I flew to San Francisco, everyone was just talking about this like really aggressive flu and just like, oh, it's a little scary, but just a flu and it's not a flu at all. It was not the flu. It yeah. is it is something else. Flu. It was something else. But I mean Polacon Berry was great and it was great to be able to see you and see a bunch of the Pola peeps there. And uh those are some dodge and burn tools. Yeah. I'm dodging out my eyes. It's... I don't know why that made me think of dodgeball. It's like, you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. I've got my mask on. <laughs> but you're not covering wait. your nose, though. That, you to cover your that, nose. One's, that one's not an adequate mask, maybe this one. No, it's not. Uh, ish. Do we, does anyone have any... Any more questions for for um, you know Dave or for myself here? Like I'll you know, I'll like, remove my mask for questions. <laughs> <laughs> Bannister Joe did a wave. Hi, Bannister Joe. Hello. And this uh, one's bigger too. M Embryo gave heart face. So it's like you got a heart face for your mask. I found a kit today that's like these actual dodging tools. It was like sold for dodging. And it's got all these different things on this nice stick. And so I'm going to use that. Crazy. I find things in bins of because people give me a free bin of, hey, I'll, here's all this photographic stuff. And I haven't even gone through so much of it. And I've, so I've started going through it. It's just crazy loads of stuff. That's wild, man. Yeah. I. It's cool that people give you stuff. Um, I've gotten so much stuff for crazy cheap or free. I wish that was the case. Shit's starting to, like, go out of control for pricing here in Toronto because hipsters. Um, who do you guys use to print images? I know, Dave, you have your own printer, but aren't super stoked on it. Yeah, I'm not super stoked on inkjet printing at this point. I'm I've been doing more darkroom printing. I'm right, literally right behind my phone here is in larger, and I've got negatives everywhere. And I like doing contact printing a lot, so I've got the whole infrastructure behind me to do all that and plenty of trays. Nice. Um, for doing, I'm only interested really in doing small printing, so yeah. little five by seven prints. Yeah, I gotta say, darkroom printing is like what I love too. So it's like if I want color, I've got a photo lab that uh, does that for me. But for black and white, I like doing my own prints. That was uh, the Blue Whale of Catoosa in Catoosa, Oklahoma. And that it was, was the 23C2. Uh, it's a color uh, Bessler. It's a color um, head, and so I use that for the uh, contrast filters. Nice. I'm not. I, I don't even use it to enlarge anything. Oh, you just use it for light. I just use, I do contact prints, so I just use it for light, and it gives oh. me my contrast. Crazy. So I just make the, the light beam spread as wide as possible, so it's even. Uh, so, so you just take the 4x5 negative and put it on a 4x5 paper and just... Put it on a 5x7 paper, actually. Okay, so you have like a and I use a auto. I have a I have a video on my YouTube about how I do this, but I sandwich it in there, uh, and that's a bit of black gaffer's tape, and you're just seeing the other side of the black gaffer's tape because it's glass. Yeah. And so you turn these, and you're able to get your. Uh, it looks like I have paper in there. You're able to get your paper out. You know. You put your negative in there, put your paper in there, sandwich it. It's hard for me to do. I gotta like have both hands to do it to lock these down. Crazy. 
because they're like hard springs, but then it sandwiches it in there, and then you can make a contact print. And here, I'll grab a contact print to show you. You can probably still hear me, though, because I got headphones on. Yeah, we can still totally hear you. I need more snare in my headphones. What, what about more cowbell? Yeah, definitely more cowbell. This one's matted a little off. So, That's you know, cool, I'm, I'm able to make these prints from it. And it's, you know, they're they're nice, detailed prints. That's very cool. Purple rain prints, you know. You should uh, purify yourself. and. Uh, my, my wok cut my finger. Oh, shit. I reached into my sink and my wok was like, you know, fuck you, Dave. That's, yeah, that's not good, man. Uh, is your 5x7 contact printer anything like this thing? This one's a Kodak auto mask printing frame. That looks so cool. It's so old. Yeah, it's nice wood. And it used to have these slide channels in there that I filled this in, this gaff tape, and you know, I put it all back together. But it had these slide channels to change the mask on the front, and I didn't like them. So I put gaff tape on there and put a permanent mask. Hi, and then every time I go to put the uh, negative in, I'm able to sandwich it in the same spot so I can consistently make prints. And then I use an air compressor to, to clean everything off. So I've got, nice. for cleaning all my, my negatives and everything, I've got an air compressor with a desiccant filter. You can see the desiccant in there. You don't put any water, yeah. <laughs> You're wow, I can blow I can blow myself. You just blew yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that's uh I I cleaned the the printing mask off, but that that brings us to a topic that I guess, you know, maybe it would be the last thing we we touch on here and that's physical photography. Yeah. Physical photography. Okay, the idea yeah. of photography, A, being physical when you shoot the image, B, being exposed light onto a physical emulsion, C, being a chemical process with physical chemicals in a physical tank, all real, tangible. Yeah. And you're left with something that's really archival. You know, you can keep that as your, your copy. I'm I'm in process of making a box of all my favorite this is like top shelf photos this is all my if I, everything else burned to the ground i wouldn't give a shit this is my favorite photos that i've ever shot so, and then when i want to go reprint my my contact prints all my my favorite negatives are in this binder so i'm ready to go um i forget where i was going with any of that i got physical out. photography physical photography that's right yeah. sorry guys sorry guys i'm so tired you got a but now. but but like my the the whole idea behind any of that is yes we're going to need to make all our images digital but I think at the end of the day photography is meant to be physical and so it's hard for me to call something where somebody only makes images that are then Wi-Fi transferred to their phone and then put onto their uh, social media and stuff like that I have a hard time calling that the same thing as what I do. Yeah, if we wanted to just call it all photography. Yeah, because I think photography has kind of shifted a bit, which is why I don't really like being called a photographer. That's like being like, I'm a model, and then having somebody that's like, I do porn. There's a difference in there. They both get t pictures taken of them, but there's a difference. There's uh, a maybe that's a horrible analogy. That's a horrible analogy. But somebody who does hand modeling and somebody who does... Hand no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we if we want to take it there, you know. Uh, but but I think I think my point is kind of coming across there, you know. Yeah. That it's physical photography, like I'm dealing with a physical medium, and my end result is not something that will be shown on uh, Instagram. That no. none of what you see on my Instagram is the final product. It's We're, a proof. 
we, we're in the last 20 seconds here. So I want to say thank you, Dave. I love you. Yeah. I appreciate you. And thank you, yeah. everyone, for tuning in. And next week, I've got Pete, the keeper of the large format Lincoln. He's going to be talking about his adventure from California back to Massachusetts in that baby. So thank you, everyone. I love you guys. I really appreciate y'all. Make prints of your photos. Don't just